Good evening, everyone, and welcome to ADV Moto Live number 16, A Amazing Adventures. You know, we want to bring up some kind of cool topics today. Enjoying your ride, you know, really takes more than turning a key and hitting a throttle. Behind all of our good times is a team of manufacturers, service providers, oversight organizations. All of them are ensuring that we have the bikes, the gear, the training, and the political representation we need to keep riding. How has adventure riding impacted our riding landscape? And why is riding good for us? That and more tonight on ADV Moto Live. The American Motorcyclists Association are, is our key guests for the day. They have been around since 1924. They are the oldest governing body in the United States, dedicated to ensuring our rights as everyday riders and setting things like safety guidelines for both professional and recreational racing. The AMA plays an important role in our lives as motorcyclists, whether we realize it or not. Everyone could please welcome Steve Gatoski and Heather Wilson of the AMA. How's it going, guys? Okay. Doing very well. How are you, Carl? Very good, guys. All right. Can you tell me first, where are you guys located? Yeah, so the AMA headquarters is located in Pickerington, Ohio. I live pretty close to there, so I work in our corporate office. And I am located in Southern California uh, as, um, you know, one of the original satellite employees of the AMA since the industry is uh, largely based in Southern California. So uh, that's, that's where I'm sitting right now. Awesome. So could you guys give basically just some personal introductions and what you do at, at the AMA? Sure. I can go ahead. Um, I'm Heather Wilson. I am the Director of Member Activity at the AMA. I like to say I oversee any activity that's not racing. So I oversee road riding, off-road riding, dual sport adventure, as well as the volunteer program for the AMA. Awesome. That's a lot. <laughs> it is. And um, a little background about myself, too, is I grew up riding dirt bikes since the age of five. I grew up in a motorcycling family. We would pretty much spend our weekends camping and riding motorcycles. Um, my entire family rode, and uh, my dad's owned a motorcycle dealership for 43 years in central Ohio. So I have that background, too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, boy, I mean, if you own or if you are raised in a motorcycle dealership family, <laughs> I mean, that just kind of runs runs th through your bloodline, huh? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I really had a choice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so. right. Well, there are worse choices to not have. <laughs> Steve? Yeah, um, and yeah, Heather is what one would refer to as a lifer. She's uh, she's she's gnarly. So yeah, um, Steve Gatoski, I am the business uh, development director for the American Motorcyclist Association. So uh, so I like to say, kind of like Heather, the overwhelming majority of the revenue that comes in to support the organization outside of membership dues comes through. Um, through our, uh, our department. So I work on sponsorships for any of the riding series of the uh, live timing and scoring for AMA Supercross, advertising, um, and all kinds of different elements of, of event sponsorship. We generate revenue for the AMA Hall of Fame Museum and the American Motorcycle Heritage Foundation. So there's a lot uh, on, on both of our plates. And, and, uh, and of course, we're very adept at our jobs and we do it very well. So. Well, of course. All right. Yeah. So, so how did you get riding, man? I am a third generation motorcyclist. My grandfather rode starting back in the late 20s and early 30s. He was one of the original uh, black leather jacket types. And my dad always rode. I mean, I, I can't remember when motorcycles were in my family. My dad started me on a, on a little Honda 50 in the backyard at about age five, same as Heather. 
and uh, and we rode together on all different uh, you know kind of categories. Same thing. Our family went out uh, riding out in the desert, and my sisters rode, and my mom, and and that was our family activity, our primary family activity. And all of my kids ride, my wife rides, and uh, so that's pretty cool. My oldest son and my middle son are transitioning dirt to street, so we're we're kind of passing the torch. So it's just kind of the same thing. It's always been a motorcycle family, and um, and I, I feel uh, you know very lucky to have been uh, to have been raised in a in a household like that. Well, that's that's awesome, man. So one thing you don't really hear about much in in the motorcycling world is a family aspect of it. My family did not ride. So I picked up riding later in life, you know, and you do have that, uh, you know, folks that started to ride either, you know, in their late teens or in their early 20s or something. It's so critically important to make sure that we understand that in order for anything to go on. You know, the family unit is so important. Does the AMA have any programs that actively support that aspect of it? I think family can be more than just blood, too. And so community is a big word in the motorcycle industry. And whether it's, you know, blood relatives or a close friend or just finding a community of riders that you get to know and maybe you learn how to ride through them. Maybe you take a motorcycle class and get training and learn how to ride. Um, Maybe you've been riding and you're just looking for other people to connect with. So the AMA really is a community of riders. I mean, we're several hundred thousand strong of motorcyclists across the country. And if you aren't sure how to get connected with other motorcyclists, we have a search tool on our website called Find a Charter. So it's AmericanMotorcyclist.com slash find a charter. And those are all of our chartered organizations. So you could find a club to join and meet other riders through that. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I mean, uh, there's there's so many current riders that kind of go riding by themselves. And then uh, and then especially, you know, during this during this whole covid thing, which which will which I'll touch on a little bit later. You know, we've also seen a, a boom in that. So just very quickly, if you guys could give us some some background on the AMA, I know that pretty much anybody that's involved in racing and, and racing motorcycles in the United States will, will already know about the AMA, you know, but there are some folks out there that might not be aware of, of you guys as an organization and what you do. So how and when did the AMA start and what was its original mission? Um, and has that mission changed you know, over the years to the current day? Well, um, I'll jump in here really quickly. So uh, the AMA traces its roots back to a, a New York motorcycle club all the way back to 1903. Uh, that was it, it was it was originally called the Federation of American Motorcyclists, and uh, through a, a number of iterations, it, it morphed into the American Motorcyclist Association, which um, you know came into that that term in, in 1924. And so it, it's, uh, you know, we have a, a, a long history starting with uh, event sanctioning and, and some racing sanctioning, which then turned into the, um, the legislative efforts of the AMA and then our communications and then our writing uh, groups and our writing series. So there's, there's a lot of history. The AMA is a very multifaceted organization. The, the original slogan uh, of the AMA was, an organized minority can always defeat an unorganized majority. So that's just kind of fun that that was the, uh, you know, rings so true now. And and really, our, our current uh, mission statement is that um, the American Motorcyclists Association promotes motorcycling lifestyle and protects the future of motorcycling. So we have, uh, that's our primary mission. We've, we've made a lot of, of strides in that regard, and uh, we're very proud of that. So um, but really, the AMA has so many different elements to it. It's, uh, you know, that's that's an that's an hour in itself right there. 
I'm sure there, there's a lot of facets to, to what you guys do, you know, and it straight up takes a whole team of people to do it all over the country, really. Yes. You know, th that's a good question. Do, do you guys have, have anyone or any, any staff or people that work internationally, you know, like coordinating maybe with some other countries and their programs or anything? We do have staff members that serve on the Federation of International Motorcycling, the FIM um, board. And so we're the representation for North America. So we have some staff members that do kind of interact at the international level. And we have a Washington, D.C. office where our government relations team resides. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, they've been they've been busy the past few years. There's been all kinds of crazy stuff uh, going on with all kinds of taxes and things. But so. All right. So the AMA, uh, you know, is the largest motorcycle event sanctioning and organi organizing group as a whole. Uh, you guys cover all kinds of riding, right? So yes. in, the, in the in the ADV world, what, what kinds of ADV, dual sport, off-road classes, categories do you have? You know, and uh, over the past 10 years, how have you seen the ADV uh, events grow? Yeah. So um, my department sanctions activities so like rides and we like I mentioned we do street rides off-road dual sport adventure so I'm largely coordinating with organizers that are operating events for members to go and ride and have fun at so a lot of hard work goes into these events these organizers take months um, sometimes even a year to prep for their event get the route laid out make sure uh, there's meals along the way and that everybody has a really good time and so it's really nice as a rider when you can just show up and kind of have everything planned out for you. You don't really have to think about like where you're going. You're given a route and here's the best places to eat or here are the meals that are provided. So adventure riding and dual sport riding has become really popular. And we also have national series for both of those disciplines. So we have a Honda AMA national adventure riding series and a Beta AMA national dual sport series. And they both feature anywhere between probably 16 and 20 events a year spread across the country. And these are high-level events that take two days to operate. So you really have the weekend to hang out and spend with your fellow riders. And I just actually spent the weekend last weekend in Indiana at yeah. National Dual Sport. So that was really fun. Got to hang out for the weekend, uh, travel a little bit. And I didn't have to think about where I was going. So. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So individually, the ADV thing has only really been popular, let's say, in the last 10 years. And even then, maybe I'd say only really popular in the last five years. So what was your guys' backgrounds with ADV? Steve, you want to feel that one first? I mean, well, mine, realistically, it, it kind of was, an, uh, you know, adventure riding um, without the adventure bike, so to speak. Uh, you know, because when I started riding, you know, with my dad, he, you know, I was riding off road, but some of the areas that we go to way out in the desert, you know, you could ride, you know, down some of the side roads and stuff to connect trails and whatnot. So we were kind of doing a dual sport type of adventure thing at the time. And we used to, we had a, a route that we used to do way out in Joshua Tree where we'd have to refill our tanks and, and have lunch at this weird old, you know, kind of bar and grill and then head back. And Partially, that was because we didn't have large capacity tanks, but that was kind of my introduction to adventure. So as I transitioned into dual sport, um, it was just kind of a natural progression. And, it, and that really came from the desire to, to see, you know, kind of where that trail went or, or that road went. Because, you know, and when you're riding on a street bike, and this has happened 
And I've actually, I'm not going to say abused, but I'm going to say that I've used my bikes, my street bikes in places maybe they weren't designed to be. You know, I'd see a, a dirt road going up into the hills and I think, you know what, I wonder where that goes. And I have an SV650, for example, that'll go a lot of places you'd be surprised at. And so having the ability to to, to explore areas like that uh, with a bike that was relatively close per, to a purpose built for it. Uh, was a big thing. And that's why dual sporting was, uh, you know, was kind of a natural progression to me. I don't have a, a proper large um, adventure bike currently. I, you know, that's, that's something I endeavor to get and for a lot of different reasons. But, uh, but I think it's just kind of the sense of adventure on a motorcycle, regardless of what you're on. But the new adventure bikes are so incredible and, and they're so capable. Uh, I think that's the category is just exploded, if anything, for that reason. But yeah, and I think there's been a lot of crossover too, especially with the larger adventure bikes, kind of leading into the sport touring category, which is kind of where I started too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's just amazing, uh, you know, the amount of impact they're having. Heather, how did you get into ADV? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I grew up riding dirt bikes. I transitioned to street also when I was 15 and a half. And um, I think my first introduction to adventure riding really was actually riding passenger at some of the KTM adventure uh, rider rallies from a couple years ago. And um, out in Utah and Colorado, those bikes are just so big that sometimes it's a challenge uh, for me, although I've seen a lot of other women that have been very skilled in handling those big bikes. It's not something that I've got to conquer just yet. So a lot of my experience was riding passenger, which was just as thrilling in some of those um, areas. And then um, riding my uh, dual sport bike more uh fit to my size, but I'm actually um, in the process of looking into buying an adventure bike uh, in the spring so I can do a little more adventure riding locally for myself. And it's going to be interesting trying to find the right bike for me, which I think is a topic for anybody that's looking to get a bike is finding the right bike that fits their size and their personality. Ooh, what are the front runners that you're considering? (laughs) (laughs) um well i'm a diehard ktm fan but uh that comes from my dad owning the dealership but i don't know it's uh i've got a lot of options to consider so you know maybe i'll look at some hondas maybe i'll look at some bmws i don't know i'll take anybody's advice if anybody wants to let me ride one (laughs) oh yeah yeah also well i mean that's the best thing to do anyway when you're trying to find a bike is to see see if you can just get in the saddle on some yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it speaks to you pretty quickly, you know, like if the bike works for you or not, you know, pretty, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, and that's, suspension can be modified, but you got to feel comfortable on whatever you're riding. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, we do have a question from the chat room, which is, uh, what are your predictions for events in 2021? Obviously, 2020 has been all kinds of bonkers for <laughs> events. You know, uh, we we just got news, I guess, a few days ago that the AIM Expo was canceled for 2021. Yes. Right. So, um, you know, do you guys think that a lot of these events will sort of open up? You know, I'll dive in here quickly because I work with a, a number of, uh, of of companies that promote uh, events on on um, you know the, the the larger scale, if you will, with the AIM Expo or the Progressive Motorcycle Shows, and it's it's really hard to say. Um, it's going to go region by region, state by state, uh, sometimes even down to county by county. But but we do see a um, you know certainly glimmers of hope for 2021. Uh, there's also some uh, adjustments that that have been made to the extent that uh, 
like the, the International Motorcycle Show series is going to be an outdoor series this coming summer, starting in May, I believe. So, so that's that's a that's a method of addressing some of the safety concerns and, and some of the safety protocols that are laid down by the states. It's, it's really kind of anyone's guess at this point what's going to happen with the the giant elephant in the room, which is COVID, of course. Um, but believe me, it, it doesn't seem that you know motorcyclists and, and event promoters are. Are uh, uh, are not longing. Everybody's longing to get out on bikes and go out to events and and get out into the into the wild, so to speak. So I'm sure Heather can give some more information too about some of the event promoters and and our ride promoters too. Yeah, 2020. I don't think anybody could predict what was really going to happen this year, and it looked kind of bleak at first, but things have really turned around, and organizers were able to um, make alternate plans and address their their ride options and a lot of rides have been able to happen. Um, also, there was a, a race leadership team that also put together some guidelines to help uh, racing and recreational organizers through the COVID process. And so that resource is available for AMA organizers online. Looking forward to 2021, like Steve said, I think everybody's really hopeful. We all wanna get out there and ride. Uh, riding may look a little different, but um, I still think that we'll be able to get out there and do it. Awesome. Now, out of out of some of the uh, events that you've been to, this one is the Pine Barrens. What are some of your favorite events? Oh, gosh, I've been really blessed to travel all over the country for AMA sanctioned events and got to throw my leg over a lot of bikes to ride at these events. And they're also unique. So each organizer really has a good twist on what makes their event great. And I get to talk to so many different riders that have been telling me, you know, they've been coming to this event for 15 years and they wouldn't miss it or it's their first time at an event. Uh, all of them are great. And I think, again, you got to find an event that fits your style of riding and what you enjoy. But there's so many options out there for people. And again, when you go to these organized events, it's to go for you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Actually, Steve, you just got back from one, right? Although I guess it wasn't ADV Dual Sport, but it was a off-road race, right? Uh, well, actually, I'm getting prepared to go to one, um, not this coming weekend, but the following. It's oh, a oh, AMA-sanctioned event, yeah, called the Nevada 200, and that's a, a fantastic ride uh, put on by one of our uh, one of our Hall of Famers, Scott Harden, and uh, a very um, a very familiar name in you know in adventure and and uh, you know and, and you know, off-road racing, you know, certainly a legend and, uh, and he's just really a kick to, to ride with, but, but yeah, between that and, you know, the big bear dual sports, you know, uh, in, in any of the, some of the street rides I go on with some of my colleagues and it's just, you know, any time on two wheels is awesome. And like Heather says, you know, for, for riders, there's so many different types of rides in the, uh, you know, in the, the sphere of the AMA's, uh, promotion and at their clubs, you can truly find something that fits your type of riding, the category of riding, and then certainly the uh, the pace that, that anyone wants to uh, participate in as well, uh, just by reaching out and getting in touch with some of the promoters and the clubs. So it's a, it's a fantastic resource. You know, kind of going, going back to the COVID thing and, and the events, but we recently saw a surge in motorcycle sales. And I think it's largely due to the COVID. Uh, you know, a couple of our local dealerships, you know, April, May, I think June, two banner months. Other people I've spoken to around the country have had, uh, you know, similar, similar kinds of reports. Do you have any, when you say industry style data that, that you guys could, could, could share on this? And why do you think that that happened? 
Yeah, so uh, the Motorcycle Industry Council uh, actually just reported that dual sport, dual purpose motorcycle sales are up 20% and that off-road motorcycle sales are up 50%. So those are huge numbers. And, you know, I can attest that my dad's dealership is pretty much bare and sold out of bikes, which has not happened since almost like 2008 when that recession happened. So I think people are just really looking for options to get outside enjoy the scenery, um, spend some time away from society a little bit or with a small group and riding with friends and motorcycles are a great option to do that. And, you know, I hear a lot of people saying that like everybody should learn a new skill during this time of kind of lockdown. And Mm. I've been really happy that I've gotten to ride my motorcycles more than ever. And I feel like my skills have improved in a lot of ways. And so maybe I'm one of those stories that you're working at something while you maybe can't do some other things that you normally would have done. Mm. Yeah. Steve, you got any thoughts on that? Uh, I echo Heather's sentiments uh, regarding the numbers. You know, we've we've seen some fantastic increases in, you know, the, in the off-road and the, you know, dual sport uh, category and and uh, and that's been you know obviously fantastic for the industry but but for motorcycling in general because you know some of those may be somebody who upgraded their their bike or what have you but uh, to Heather's point you know people uh, want to be adventurous they want to get out and do things so if you're not spending uh, you know a lot of money for example on tickets to a sporting event you might have always wanted to get a bike and or get junior a bike so then you go buy, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, you realize that this is a really cool family activity and well, maybe I want to ride with junior or something or, or, you know, love, you know, perhaps buying their, um, you know, an offspring, their first bike. So, so with that further motorcycling is like one of the ultimate in social distancing types of activities. You know, it's, it's literally almost impossible to be, you know, shoulder to shoulder with somebody unless you're, you know, unless you're taking somebody out in a corner or something. So, so there is a, you know, a, a very, uh, you know, responsible element to, to motorcycling as well, whether, whether, you know, street or off road. And, and we feel that, that those, uh, you know, so many different elements have brought people into the dealers to buy bikes and, you know, get out and ride them. And, and sometimes you, you experience the thrill of motorcycling, whether it's on a scooter or on a beginner bike, and man, you're hooked for the rest of your life. And the next thing you know, like Heather and I, you got, you know, way too many bikes in the garage and, and uh, you know, helmets all, you know, shells of helmets on the, in the garage and all that silly stuff. So, so it's, it's really a good thing. And, and we feel that it's, uh, it's definitely a boon for motorcycling. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, you have like boots you never throw away. No, dude. You're never going to throw them away. <laughs> I, I, I just walked past a couple pairs today. It's funny you say that. And then helmets that mean something to you that hang yeah. from a nail in the garage. You know, uh, I suffer from pancreatitis. If you could, I was kind of thinking about doing this in my garage, but then I looked around, I thought, no, people are going to think I'm a crazed hoarder or something with all, you know, some of the stuff. So I was like, no, I'm going to have a boring background. But uh, anyway, you're, you're right. There's, there's a, but you know, there, that's another element of motorcycling that, that, you know, going back to the family thing. There are a number of my my kids' friends who have come out just to finger quotes camp, but we have um, a little 110 that has trained so many kids that whether big or small, how to ride. And and you know some of them, not all of them, but some of them gone on and, and you know wanted to get a bike of their own. And and uh, you know there are a couple families that, that kind of got into the sport by way of the kid being enthusiastic. So so that it's infectious, as you all know. Yeah it, yeah, it is. And it's also amazing how fast kids pick it up. I remember one 
Fourth of July party we had here, we busted out the little TTR fifty and nice. had back, backyard five hundred. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, oh, yes. that's like, oh, yeah. those are the good days, you know. And uh, you know, and it's and it's cool to see all kinds of other people enjoying it. Although to be honest with you, I use that same TTR fifty at the AMA Vintage Days, where everybody <laughs> is riding around on small on small kind of wacky bikes, you know. And um, that is that is one of the craziest events. I think I've been to uh, in the United States for motorcycling. Um, I seriously love it, and I actually really encourage everyone to go check it out at least once in their life if they if they if they haven't been there. But uh, can you guys give us a little bit of the background on on the vintage days? Because it's not just old bikes. Uh, I mean, yes, there's a flea market there, but there's all kinds of racing going on all the time. I mean, hair scramble. Um, you know, uh, uh, I think you also got like the motocross track going yep. on too as well as street racing that's going on, like around the proper track there's flat track that's nearby too as well right yeah it's got a little bit of everything and i was it was really cool i was actually going to that event years before i was working for the ama i honestly i bet i've been at least 10 times no it's gonna be more than that maybe 15 times by now super fun event to hang out camp all your friends and family from all over the country that you haven't seen in a long time. We have the swap meet, pretty much every discipline, every discipline. demo ride, vendors, good time. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there really is, you know, truly something there for everyone. And I wish that I had some good footage of the event if there was any way to capture that. But I mean, like, basically, motorcyclists take over the whole track, and then, like, not just the track, but the grounds. Uh, yes. And, yeah, you know, uh, and uh, and it has a good bit of Midwest rowdy in it, which I love. <laughs> Midwest <laughs> rowdy, it does. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, like I love it. But everybody there is really nice. There's just a really warm uh, community, and whatever kind of riding you're looking for, it's there. Plus, I love to see the little kids racing around on the motocross track with these giant ass bobbleheads on these little <laughs> tiny <laughs> they're going, is, going around. That is the best thing ever. Anyway, everyone definitely needs to kind of go and check that out. I think is is that the AMA's marquee event basically every year? Yeah, it supports our AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame. It's a fundraiser for our museum and our foundation. I did just remember a funny story after I started working for the AMA. I actually had my very first race ever at AMA Vintage Motorcycle Days. So my boss talked me into riding a vintage bike in the hair scramble. I'd never raced before. I'd ridden all my life. That was my very first race. And it had rained like the entire probably week or two weeks prior to the event. I mean, it was just slop. So if you guys get a chance, check out the AMA YouTube. There's a video of me riding and telling my story about it. But it's a race I will never forget. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. You know, that brings up another good question. And that is, okay, you hear a lot about the ADV dual sport. Of course, that's our focus. But, you know, but, but really, the thing about this middle segment that is the dual sport is that, you know, you have a little bit of everything. And so actually what you find is, is whether it's street riding or strictly off-road or trail riding, there's stuff to learn there that you need to know to be a good dual sporter, right? So some of the, some of the folks on our, on our staff uh, race, you know, all kinds of hair scrambles and stuff over here on the East Coast. To be honest with you, I have been, I have been talking about getting into a hair scramble myself, even if for no other reason, just the experience. We got a little WR250 But, you know, there are a lot of different types of categories. And uh, riders, and to a lot of people, racing seems really intimidating, risky, or expensive. 
is there a way for riders to just have a racing experience, but just to have fun and in kind of like a more casual manner, just to kind of be a part of the experience and have the experience, but not, you know, not worrying about getting points or, you know, being, being, being on the podium. Yeah. I think riders first need to like do a lot of riding to build up their skills, right. Before you just go jump into a race and are over your head. But once you've ridden a while and you're feeling comfortable, like learning how to be in that environment around other riders that are zooming around you is a factor. Um, there's also maybe a little bit slower paced races like Enduros where it's more of a timing concept from section to section and you're trying to beat essentially scores against riders instead of um, head-to-head racing. So there's a lot of different elements that can go into that. But Again, just meeting people that are doing that type of riding, going to the events and witnessing it yourself before you jump in, I think is a good way to get involved. And then, of course, having a great attitude about it that you're not going to maybe win that day, but you're going to have a good time and build your skills and year after year, you're going to progress. Yeah, yeah, and Steve, yeah, and you'll find, and yeah, and you'll find, uh, you know, to Heather's point, you know, you can you can go to the events and kind of suss it out and see what you think about it. Um, I remember, you know, before before I started, you know, racing as as poorly as I did uh, when I was a kid, my dad took me to a bunch of uh, a bunch of races. We used to go to uh, Speedway out in in uh, Costa Mesa and, and uh, here in California and go to flat track events and motocross and all that. So I kind of knew what what you know in terms of what type of riding to expect. Um, and, and what I found is when I, you know, when I entered it, it was really about the camaraderie, especially in some of the, uh, you know, the, the newer classes for, for beginners and whatnot. So, you know, everybody just kind of jokes and laughs and, and some, you know, it's, there's, there's very much that, that community feeling that Heather was talking about there. And you can also, uh, reach out to the, the clubs that are promoting the events and say, Hey, you know, tell me about your event. Do you have a, a you know, a class for a, you know, a casual, uh, type of rider who just wants to try it out. The beginner class is obviously going to be the way to start that out. Uh, but but there are a number of, of organizations out there that have uh, classes that are intended just to be more irreverent and fun. So, you know, just to kind of do your due diligence and make a couple of calls or, or email the club and, and see what they have to offer. And I think yeah. also um, when we think of motorcyclists, we think of people that, you know, just started riding. But sometimes going to races and being a spectator inspires people to become a motorcyclist. They see this riding happening and they want to be a part of it. So I think that's a good opportunity to introduce people to motorcycling if you have friends to take them to an event and they don't even have to ride it. Yeah, that's true. They, they, they can just go have fun. You know, I mean, I can remember one of the most memorable parts of a race we went to, which is like a rally race. It was in, I was just near the border of South Carolina, North Carolina. But there was this couple there, and the wife was riding. I think it was a, it was a 250 Kawasaki. She was last. I mean, she was last. It was all sand, and she was last. You know, she 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 came putting down. <laughs> she came putting down the sand road, and you know, with all the spectators there, and I mean, not going fast at all. There was no speed involved <laughs> at all. And everyone was just cheering and waving and just, you know, she's giving the queens a wave sort of thing as she, as she rode by. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I was just like, that's brilliant. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, yeah, you know, and I hear um, there are more, um, you know, categories uh, starting up. Uh, not, not really categories, but there's more features to races starting up where, where you know, for example, um, thinking, was it the Mexican 1000, right? You can have the racers, but then there's a caravan of people that want to follow along in the race. 
and they take kind of the same route. They leave after all the razors do, but it allows the friends and the family or spectators to just share in the experience with the racers because it's a party every night. You know what I'm saying? And oh, yeah. I think that's wonderful, you know, for there to be a spectator sort of more amateur-oriented emphasis on the events. Make sure that there's something for them to do and feel included, you know, instead of just focusing on, you know, on the top racers and the numbers and, you know, like the best performance. I, you know, I, I think uh, it, it'd be cool to see a lot of that. But I think a lot of the grassroots racing is like that. It is. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting you say that, too, about the camaraderie and the fun, because um, you know, one of the, the things my, my grandfather told my dad, my dad always told me is, uh, is you'd, you'd say, who, uh, you know, who is the best rider of the weekend? And the answer was the one who has the most fun, you know, so you can be at the pinnacle of racing and possibly have fun or maybe you hate it. But if you are out there ripping around a track at your speed, at your level on your bike, you know, that's the, that's really the best part of motorcycling if you're having a blast and you're around friends and family and you go home and you think gosh that was a weekend i'll never forget that's what motorcycling is about of course we're all competitive in our own right and you want to you know perhaps win the race you know win the series but you just you're out there and doing what you enjoy and that's that's the core that's right and that's when you build memories with boots that you never throw away <laughs> helmets helmets that hang in the middle of your garage uh, yes. you know jackets that are all stretched out and tattered and covered in dust uh but or, or when you open up a, a, a random box that you can't remember what's in it it's like oh wow 1999 yz250 parts you know yeah, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> stuff you pulled off that's right yeah <laughs> that's yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm also no notoriously bad about not throwing anything away. It's, it's a, it's a, it's horrendous. And my garage needs some mad cleaning. So when you know you've got this returning surge of, uh, or sorry, you have the surge of new riders, and then you've got you know some of the returning riders. You know, I would actually like to hope that some of them actually go to some of these events and just kind of get more involved in the community. You know, what's important for them to keep in mind when we're thinking about you know taking part in the motorcycle community you know yeah I mean, like i mean how does someone fit into it if they're if they're if they're timid or they have a little bit of anxiety about you know kind of meeting new people mm -hmm. i think first of all we talked about kind of finding that right bike but even before that is going out and getting training so i'm a chief trainer for motorcycle training in ohio so i'm a big advocate of getting the right training and sometimes that means your friend, your parent, your sibling is not exactly the best teacher for you. Their emotions can run high when that happens. <laughs> so getting somebody that's, you know, formally trained in the curriculum to help you learn to ride is a really great way to get started in riding and make sure you're on track and that you're having fun and enjoying it. Of course, wearing all the right gear and just connecting with other riders. Like the more that you're around other riders, the more that you'll find you have in common and they'll introduce you to other riders. And it's just like this network that kind of branches out. Once you know one rider, you know, a hundred riders, you know, a thousand riders. And I think the coolest thing for me too is social media is such a great tool for us. So I'm friends with riders all over the country. Some of them I've met in person before. Um, some of them I haven't. Some I was friends with on social first. And then I ran into them at an event. I'm like, you look so familiar. And we felt like we knew each other, but we hadn't actually met yet. So there's a lot of opportunities for getting involved. Awesome. Steve? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and Heather, uh, Heather gave a, you know, absolutely agree with everything Heather said there. Social media is a huge tool for that. Uh, you know, to uh, to go out and find 
you know, let's let's say you're you bought yourself a, your first adventure bike. You know, you can just look up a you know adventure on social media, and and you'll find a lot of stuff. Same with the as we mentioned, the AMA has a lot of sanction clubs that are into all different types of riding. Another fantastic resource, and in, in you know sometimes we forget about this because of our digital world, but that good old dealership where you bought the bike. You know, you're going to go back and and perhaps you know you're going to need to change the oil and filter and maybe set of tires, whatever. Uh, encourage uh, riders to talk to the folks at the dealership, sales manager, the parts guy, whatever. Say, hey, you know what? I really want to go ride this weekend and have a group. You know, a lot of times they'll run rides uh, with groups literally out of the dealership, um, and or they can they can recommend somebody who's in a club and can and can get you situated with one that that matches your style of riding and maybe your pace of riding too. Um, because obviously they're uh, you know clubs sometimes will will break group rides into different. Uh, different uh, categories in a, in a single ride based upon preferred pace, but um, but you can really you can really find stuff. I mean, the the internet and online and social media has become such an incredible resource that we didn't have, you know, when um, I'm not going to say how old I am, but but that didn't exist when I was uh, when I was a new street rider. I started riding on the street when I was uh, 16, and uh, and it was kind of like Heather, same thing, um, where you find a group and. You nestle in, and you—it's that community, and you can—you can really find a good group. Yeah, you know, I think one of the most amazing things when I started to learn, you know, when my friend gave me an old junked-out '82 Magna, uh, you know, that had, had leaking everything. You know what I mean? Was yeah, as soon as you got in, in into the writing community, this is something you can't really understand until you actually get into it. What a unique community motorcyclists, you know, uh, are, and they and they create, especially because I'm biased. I love the ADV community, yeah. you know, but even before that, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was very clear. You have a very diverse community of people from all different kinds of backgrounds, with all different kinds of say kind of like riding interests, you know, been riding a different amount of time and they ride for different reasons too. And you know, and you know, it's interesting too, that it's, it's such an equalizer. And, and to your point with, with so many different types of demographics and whatnot, and going back to the training very briefly, when my, uh, when my oldest son got his, uh, trained for his street license, we took him to the, uh, Honda Rider Education Center in Colton. And he did the, the proper, uh, you know, he did the proper course and he came from a dirt background. So he did exceptionally well, which obviously I was very proud of, but but, you know, trying to teach a family member or, you know, an offspring after, you know, to a certain extent, they do close down. They're going to learn that from someone else. So that was great for him. And he has a couple of guys that he actually stays in touch with. And they've ridden a couple of times from the class. So that's a perfect example of how you can foster those motor relationships and they, they will continue on. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm just so glad that this whole craziness of a year kind of had an upshot you know, yeah. uh, for us largely because in America, motorcycling is largely seen as recreational. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think all the recreational stuff had a crazy bump, uh, whether it's backpacking equipment, uh, bicycles. I mean, you couldn't even buy a bicycle for a long time. I still don't know if you can. I think some places have the back in stock, but there's some bicycles that you can't even buy still. I mean, there's a tents and everything. We're just flying out the door and stuff, you know? So it's great that people see it see it that way um you know uh and it's one of these things where uh, i really hope people take the time to do it safely you know learn what, what they need to learn you know check out some of the events at the ama uh you know in the in the dual sport world and uh and and really enjoy it for their for their whole life and you know pass it on to to everyone just just by being a happy person yeah i tell so many people that 
you know, if you love motorcycling, the best thing that you can do is share it with somebody else. So if you love motorcycling, tell people about it, help them get into riding. If it's not you helping them, it's pointing them to a class. It's bringing them to an event. So as motorcyclists, we really get to encourage that next generation of motorcyclists to come up and continue on our, uh, our legacy of riding. Awesome. Awesome. Well, all right, guys, uh, last but not least, my can question I ask to everybody, do you guys have any tips or words of encouragement for new, or in this case, possibly returning ADV riders? Steve? Well, Heather, uh, you know, we, I think we both have our, our contributions with that. One of them is, uh, you know, is, is adhere or, or uh, embrace training. Uh, you know, we've said that a number of times, obviously, and, and, and it really has such an upshot uh, and such an, um, you know, it, it can be so, uh, valuable and rewarding, uh, to newer returning, uh, adventure riders. And, and based on what kind of riding background you have, um, you, you know, for example, if you weren't, uh, as adept as, uh, an off-road rider and you're coming off of a street bike, you're going to want to try to take an off-road training course so you can learn what the bike feels like when, it's not doing what you want it to do because that's when you truly, your skills come to the fore. You know, if you start to lose the front and you panic, uh, you know, it can obviously have dire consequences to, to body and, and, uh, and replacement parts for that matter. Cause you know, it's expensive, but, but really, you know, uh, embrace some training, uh, you know, identify what your weaknesses might be and try to find a way to, uh, to work on those and improve. And then of course, like we said, with the community, uh, you know, you can learn a lot from being around other riders, seeing what they've done to their bikes, type of, of gear that they wear, and, uh, and and really just kind of glean from you know some of the uh, some of the wisdom of uh, riders who maybe have been in it longer. Um, final thing is, you know, get the best possible safety apparel that that you can afford because that is that is you know the most critical element if things go wrong you know you don't want to be compromised in in your safety equipment right on right on heather i think for me um seat time equals skill so the more time that you can spend um in the saddle the better you're going to be the more confident you're going to be the more fun you're going to have and kind of going along with that i'm a person that really gets in my head a lot um, and worries about you know my riding or what other people might think so just trying to like shut that off when i go riding and just truly have fun not worry about what other people around me are doing or thinking that motorcycling is just something that i really enjoy and um, you know, find what works for you, but kind of turn off those outside opinions when it comes to motorcycling. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and, uh, I guess just, just, just as a tag on Heather, do you, do you plan to do any, any kind of social programs or, or, or posting about your ADV bike choice that we can all kind of follow, <laughs> follow along with, <laughs> with like what you finally choose as your bike? Hmm, I mean, I'll definitely be posting pictures of what I decide. It might be this spring, but I'm going to take this fall and winter to uh, figure out what I want. But if anybody wants to shoot me an email at the AMA, it's hwilson at ama-cycle.org. I would love feedback on the bikes that you love and what works for you. So as I mentioned, I'm five, six. So something that I could sort of tippy toe on would be ideal. Well, that's awesome. And you know, if there's one thing motorcyclists are not short on is opinions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love hearing what other people, you know, think about their riding and stuff. And 
showing me their bikes. So yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, all right, guys, let's go ahead and uh, and, and and sign off. Uh, you know, thanks for uh, coming on, and I'll chat with you very briefly after the show. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank for you, Carl. This was right. great. Thank you for having us. All right. Thanks again to Steve and Heather for taking the time out of their busy schedules to join us tonight. From what I understand, Heather just rolled in uh, from a training class, so it was great that she was even able to join us. But from bizarre beef taxes to lame lead laws, AMA has been on Capitol Hill representing our riding interests, not only for current riders, but for our children as well. ADV Moto has been a proud member of the AMA, both on personal and organization levels for years. But like any large organization, staying ahead of the times is a tremendous challenge, and they need our support and feedback to move ahead with everyone's best interest in mind. Joining the AMA uh, has some real benefits for all kinds of riders, not just racers. Uh, I mean, you get discounts on lodging, bike shipping, all kinds of gear discounts. Uh, I think someone, there's a major communicator, uh, communications brand that's also on there, and they even offer towing that covers both your motorcycle and your car. And I think it is about $49 a year which, to be honest with you, you could easily make back as an active rider. So, please visit AmericanMotorcyclist.com. Check out more of what they're about, um, and uh, if for nothing else, uh, the awesome amount of events that they schedule on every year. And let's hope that 2021 proves to be better for events uh, so that we can all ride those new bikes that we just bought. But, up next, join us next week. Uh, for the AV Moto podcast with host Nathan Slabaw, and on October 15th for AV Moto Live number 17, when we speak with Eric Hogan of Wolfman Luggage and Andre Souza from Ride That Monkey about going small. After nearly 40 years of big displacement crazy, small bikes are making their way back into the mainstream riding thanks to a new old emphasis on fun, practical, and affordable riding. Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for years. As always, your support means a lot and keeps the motorcycle world running. Don't forget to like, subscribe to our channel, and visit AdventureMotorcycle.com for more news, reviews, videos, podcasts, merch, and more. Until next time, everyone, please ride safe and have fun.